Welcome to The Jim Roman Show, where we help you build a better business to build a better life with your host, Jim Roman. What do you do when you get stuck in business? In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the life cycle of a business or the nine stages of business ownership. Lately, I've been asked, how do I get to the next level? I've been stuck in this stage for a while. What can I do to get my business to the next level of success? So today I want to take a moment to talk about the keys to getting to the next stage of business. If you'd like to read about the nine stages of business, you can go to the nine stages of business that talks about this. Ultimately, the nine stages of stage one is a concept. It's a stage where you have an idea, but it's not a business. Stage two is to start up. You now want to take that idea and put it into practice. Stage three is survival. Uh, you realize it's business is getting harder than expected. You're running out of money. Uh, quiet desperation sets in. Stage four is false stability. Five and six is growth and expansion. Seventh is false maturity. Stage eight is maturity, where the business can now run without you. And then finally, stage nine, it's succeeded. It's succession to the next owners or the next generation of leaders. I find that the nine stages of business, there are certain things you should know and you can do to get through those stages. In today's episode, I want to talk about stage three, because I think right now what's going on in the world, I'm coming across a lot of people who are stuck there and in, in, they're stuck in survival. Uh, so stage three is survival. And um, let's talk about what you can do to do that. Now, keep in mind, you might be in survival and you're a new business. There are certain things that I would recommend you do. You could have been in business for a while and there would be different things I would suggest you do if you're in survival. And if you've been around for a long time and you just hit a bad patch of business and you went from stage six and seven down to stage uh, three, uh, there are certain things that I would have you do. So what we're going to do differently in this episode, we're going to go through, again, how to go from stage three to stage four. That is from survival to false stability. And I'm going to share from a perspective of industries, let's say talk about property managers, real estate industry, and contractors. It can apply to any industry, but depending on how new you are or how long you've been in business, I might suggest others. If you want more, uh, go in depth in this uh, these topics, please feel free to reach out to me at questions at askjimroman.com. Be more than glad to do a complimentary coaching session for your specific challenge when it comes to going from stage three to stage four. Again, if you want a copy of those nine stages and the nine stages guide complimentary, go to the9stages.com to download that now. So let's jump into it. Say I was a new property management company trying to grow my business and I got stuck at stage three uh, survival. One of the first things that I would, what I find with property management companies in this example is a lot of times property management companies will get any type of business they can get. They'll take on any property, any door. Um, and so they figured I can get any doors and I'll make up the rest later. And that, that's a big challenge. But one of the things you want to be able to do when bringing in more business is make sure that you have more doors coming in than you have going out. I met with a lot of property management companies over the years and they're like, I got five new doors this month. I got seven new doors this month or properties this month. But they don't look at how many they lost. And that why, that's why they don't get ahead. For example, if you look at how many doors that you lost last year, say that was 24, that means that you need to get two extra doors this year to be able to have a net gain. So you want two new doors plus the two you tend to lose, that means you have a net zero. You're not growing. So knowing that number makes a big difference in, in bringing that in. So one of the things that I would do from getting from stage three to stage four, 
in the beginning is to figure out how many new doors you need to have a net gain versus a net loss. The second level of that, though, is if you've been around for a while, you'll find that all doors or properties are not created equally. I can't tell you the countless companies I've sat down with and have them to define their doors as A, Bs, and Cs. A doors and A owners are being the best properties that you have. B doors being okay. And C doors, you're wishing you never would have brought them on in the first place. Wishing you never brought them on in the first place. What do I mean by that? So often when you're building a business, we take on any type of business. And in property management, it's any type of door. But as you start to grow and you're around long enough, you realize all doors are not created equal. And you should not have brought on the C doors to begin with, but you were just trying to build a business because you didn't know better. And so one of the things that gets people stuck in stage three going to stage four, they don't analyze the type of clients they have, A clients, B clients, C clients, regardless of industry. So that would be the second thing that I would consider doing is dividing up your clients into A, Bs, and Cs. As you love those clients, Bs are okays, Cs, you should fire them as soon as you get enough A clients to replace them. And then finally, if I were trying to grow my business from stage three to stage four, uh, in this particular example, property management, it's how I go about bringing in business. It's the number of strategies I have to implement to push myself to the next level. For example, if it were me, I would be building relationships with real estate agents, uh, real estate agents, because if I have a property management company that doesn't do sales, I would want to partner up with real estate agents who don't do property management. Or if they do it, they probably don't want to be doing it. Another thing I want to be doing is tapping into my current customers, clients, and investors. I have found that most investors have two, maybe even three property management relationships. And that's why you don't have all the doors. So endearing yourself to your current investors and landlords, either A, they have more doors to give you, more properties to give you, or they know other people who invest in real estate who have properties that you don't know about because you're not taking the time to cultivate those relationships. And then I would network with strategic partners to be able to do that. And so if I've been in business for any period of time, number one, I would want to have more doors than I lose. Number two, I want to have better doors than the bad doors. And number three, I want to figure out ways of bringing a business on a regular, consistent basis that fits my personality so that I can go from stage three to stage four. And again, this works with any industry, but I wanted to use a live example. This is what we've worked with with our property management companies. Now let's talk about real estate companies. Real estate companies have a similar situation when they start off. They will ask for business anybody. Anybody looking to buy or sell a house. <laughs> anybody who says that, that, I guarantee you, you can guarantee that they've probably been in business less than two years, in most cases, one year. Anybody who wants to buy or sell is not a good answer. If it were me and I've been in the business long enough, I would specialize. I have met a lot of successful agents over the years that specialize. I know an agent who specializes in first-time homebuyers because they love helping people buy a house for the first time. I know somebody who helps people downsize their homes. They love to help people who are empty nesters, the kids went off to college, uh, and they want to get into a smaller home because now they're getting older and they don't want to manage a big, uh, that big of a property. Or they want to help people buy vacation homes or investment properties. How an agent goes from stage three to stage four, they one need to know their numbers, how many houses they need to sell on an annual basis to make a living. Number two, don't just ask for anybody, become a specialist. And then finally, similar to the property management industry, find strategies to bring a business that fit your 
comfortability, your personality. For example, you know, open houses are a great way to bring in business. So is networking, developing client relationships, putting on client events. One of the most successful realtors I know, one of the ways they built their business that they do an, twice a year, a client appreciation event. It is done so well that they get so much business out of it, it's not even funny. Now, I'm not talking about a party. Let me clear on that. A client appreciation event. It is an intimate event with 20 to 30 clients max versus the 100 to 200 uh, person party that people put on. They're two different concepts, two different approaches, which means you get two different uh, results. And then also networking, sponsoring events. So if I was an agent trying to get to the next stage of business, the next life cycle of my business, I wouldn't just ask for anybody. I'd become a specialist. I would work with first-time homebuyers, investors, people looking to downsize, seniors, build a network around that, develop strategies around that, and you will, I promise you, go to the next stage of business. Last example is contractors. And hopefully you can apply this regardless of what industry you are. Uh, these principles apply to different types of industries. I'm just using example one because, again, I think it's very powerful. But feel free to take that industry name out, put yours in, and see how it fits. So let's talk about contractors going to the next stage, from stage three to stage four. One of my experiences with this is that they don't know their average sale. In other words, I know a contractor right now, handyman services, sells services at as low as $200, as high as $2,000. I know someone who does as low as $2,000, as high as $10,000. And they have hundreds of clients at different levels of pricing, of average sales. So if I wanted to get to the next level as a contractor, and say I wanted to go from a quarter million to half a million dollars in revenue, or real estate from four houses to eight houses, I would want to know how many deals do I need to do on a monthly basis based on my average sale. In this case, average job. If I know that I need to do five jobs a month to hit my numbers, then there you go. I have something to shoot for. The next level of that is what types of jobs that you do. In construction, contracting, and or handyman services, I find that people are all things to all people, and that's hard to market and have it memorized by your, your people that you're targeting. For example, I was working with the handyman renovations company and we were working on their company and I suggested that they divide up their business in, into divisions or departments. I would go into small jobs, medium jobs, and large jobs. Because small jobs are a typical type of marketing, medium jobs are a different type of marketing, and large jobs, a whole different animal. So if I wanted to get to the next level, I would want to know my average sale, the number of deals I need to do, and then pick a particular product or service that I can market on a regular consistent basis, whether it's kitchen improvements, uh, bath improvements, or honeydew lists. You know, honeydew lists, you can make a lot of money. Or work with, you know, property management companies. You might want to work with property management companies and be their handyman of choice or renovator of choice. That's how I would get to the stage three to stage four. Last example regarding contractors is how you go about bringing in business. Those strategies I've been talking about for any industry is that ultimately you want to have six to eight strategies that you're using on a regular consistent basis to bring in business. For example, I might be using direct mail, thumbtack, uh, targeting property management companies, targeting Airbnb, senior communities. And then I would pick one of those markets and to you know, advertise to them, market to them, network to them until I get enough of the type of business I want and the amount of business that I want. 
what you'll notice in these examples is that you're trying to figure out knowing your numbers is number one. Number two is knowing your target market. And number three is having the strategies to hit your numbers and reach your target market through marketing, networking, and other forms of bringing in business strategies. Again, most people at stage three's biggest challenge of getting to stage four is bringing enough business in. On the flip side of getting to the next stage from three to four, it is how you allocate your time is the second biggest challenge I find in people not getting to stage four. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Well, let me ask you, what's more important, bringing in business or getting the work done? Well, at stage three, you're going to say the answer is both, Jim. They're both important, and that is correct. But there's time to bring in business, and then there's time to get the work done. And most people who get stuck in stage three tend to be focusing on getting the work done more than they are in bringing in business, especially if they're new. If you're new, a good percentage of your time should be bringing the business in and hopefully make enough money to hire people to get the work done. If you've been around for a long time, hopefully you have enough people getting the work done in a timely manner so that they can handle the business that you're going to bring into them. One of the ways I suggest people to handle that, that conundrum of bringing a business and getting the work done is block timing. Block timing is your best tool to help you get to the next stage of business. If you want to learn more about block timing and the concept, I did a blog on this on my website. Just go to jimromanonline.com and you'll, there's an article on blocking your time, how to get beyond capacity. It's a great resource. You can also email me at questions at askjimroman.com. I can send you some resources on that. But block timing is your best friend from going from stage three to stage four. I promise you that. That being said, another level of getting the work done is getting some assistance. Do not be a lone ranger. A lot of times people in the beginning of starting a business, they try to do it all on their own. And then as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, they, they are reluctant to hire help. I suggest just get part-time help. Get someone to be a sales assistant for you or administrative assistant for you. It doesn't cost that much in the beginning. You can get someone as little as $250 a week. And that's what I did when I first got in my first hire. One of them was getting the work done as I paid someone $250 a week to help me, which freed me up to make $500 a week to pay for it. In fact, I made even more than that. So I would consider getting an assistant, whether it's part-time, full-time, whether it's in-person or a virtual assistant. That is another thing that gets in the way of people going from the next stage of business and pretty much any stage for that matter. And then last but not least, uh, other than bringing in business, knowing your target market, blocking your time, getting assistance, is how you allocate your time. Again, I said this earlier, if you're new to business, I would be spending at least 70% of my time bringing in business and 30% getting the work done. As I move up into business, making sure that at least 30% of my activities are bringing in business and 60% is other people doing the work and the last 10% and making sure they do it. But keeping in mind to have balance and that is making sure you take time off for yourself and rejuvenate yourself so that you have the energy to keep on going to the next stage. I always say that building a business is a lot like climbing a mountain. You have a lot of ups and downs and peaks and valleys. When climbing a mountain, you should never do it by yourself. You should have a guide. You should take rest from time to time and you should plan out your journey so that you can get to the next level. You can reach the summit. And then the final thought on this topic of going from stage three to stage four, or for that matter, any stage, is to get outside eyes helping you out. 
One of the biggest challenges, mental, mental challenge in this aspect of it. Most people that I found, when they're trying to go to stage three to stage four, and in, in particular, trying to get beyond a quarter million dollars in revenue, and this could be at 700,000 in revenue, it could be at 1.2 million in revenue, there's a mental block or mental challenge. For example, I remember working with this contractor, we we're trying to get into the next level, they were doing, in this instance, $680,000 in revenue, we're trying to get into a million, and mentally they didn't feel they could do it. I was working with another industry, they were trying to go from $200,000 to $300,000 in revenue, and mentally they said they couldn't do it. And in both instances, I reassured them that they could. And as their guide, I was going to help them through it. And then I told them that it's more of a mental issue than it will be a physical. I promise you that. Now, at first, they didn't believe me. I mean, they were stressing out. Like, Jim, you don't understand. I'm like, yes, I built several businesses. Um, I, I've coached hundreds of businesses, thousands of businesses on this very topic. So I do understand. But I know right now you're freaking out, you're stressing out. And it's more mental than is physical. And I created a roadmap to get them through that block. And in the end, when we got one client to 300,000 and the other one to $1.1 million in business, they both said to me, oh, that wasn't that bad. I'm like, did you see your face when you first started? I should have videoed them. I literally should have videoed them before the coaching and then after the coaching. What I mean by this in business and in life in general, personally as well as professionally, a lot of it is a mental game. And a lot of times we freak ourselves out and when you can have that outside, outside set of eyes there to talk you through that, to walk you through that, it isn't as hard as you think it is. It may feel at the time, but when you have somebody holding your hand figuratively and literally, um, it makes a big, big difference. So if you feel stuck right now in the stage, you feel stuck in life, feel free to reach out. We can talk through what you can do to create a roadmap, to create a plan and help you to push through it, not only physically, but mentally. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information, visit my website at jimromanonline.com or follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at jimromanonline.com and you can email me at questions at askjimroman.com.